Welcome to the Lighthouse Financial Advisors Money Over 50 podcast with Dallas Davison and Michael Hogue. This information is general in nature and does not take into account your objectives, financial situation or needs. Therefore, you should consider whether the information is appropriate for you and your personal circumstances. If you require personal advice, please contact Lighthouse Financial Advisors. Here are your hosts, Dallas Davison and Michael Hogue. Welcome to Money Over 50 with Dallas and Michael. Here today to talk about market risk, Dallas. Another one of our retirement planning risks. Thanks, Michael. So this, uh, this is something that we, we talk about a lot, but under a different name. So mm. market risk is, is essentially another word for, or another term for what we would call volatility. So this is, uh, refers to the price of an overall asset class falling. So if you look at, you know, when you hear headlines like the Australian share market dropped by 37% during mm. coronavirus, that's, that's market risk. So that's the broad category of that asset class dropping in price uh, over a period of time. So. It doesn't just refer to, to shares, of course. This could be about uh, commercial property, residential property, you know, any, anything like that. So uh, basically an overall asset class falling in, in price. Yeah, and look, um, it's probably this most commonly uh, manifests itself um, where people will say to us, but isn't that risky? Yeah. So yeah. Um, it will say, you know, what we need to do as part of your overall plan, for example, yeah. we need to really... Have your money pulling its weight a little bit. Yeah. You're getting dressed and going to work for you. <laughs> <laughs> I won't say that because I say that a lot. But um, but but yeah, what we need to do is we've, you've got some lazy money in yeah. there, and we need to actually get that moving yeah. in the right direction. Now um, that might mean moving more of that into the high volatility. Yeah, high uh, the common question that comes back is, but isn't that risky? Yep. And um, well, so well, so that, today, yeah, well, we're here a, to talk about. It's a great example because. This is, this is essentially what we're getting at with this whole segment is that when people say, isn't that risky? You go, well, ye- yes, there is more of this type of risk. There is more of, what do you call it, market risk, volatility. If you move more of your money into growth assets, into a diversified portfolio of Australian and overseas companies, there will be more volatility. But the whole point of what we're trying to get at with this segment is that you are trading off one risk for another. So if you, if you want to completely get rid of, say, you know, Previous podcast, we talked about purchasing power risk. So this is a really good example. These two trade off against each other um, in a very concrete way where if you don't want to have any volatility at all, don't want to have any market risk, you're really taking on a lot of purchasing power risk because you're essentially making a bet that my investments aren't going to grow in value at all. So that, that, that is the other side of that risk. You've got a really good saying, and I think it sums it up quite nicely, in that you cannot get rid of risk, you can only shift risk. Yeah. yeah. And and what you're talking about there, Dallas, is that is you can get rid of market risk if you want. So yeah. you you can make it so, such that there is absolutely zero chance of your yeah. superannuation balance falling. Yeah. And you can invest yeah. all of your money that's inside superannuation, for example, into things like term deposits that behave like term deposits. Yeah. Now you you shift market risk. You don't get rid of risk altogether. You yep. shift all that market risk yep. to longevity risk. Yes, then, that's right. Because yep. chances are that yep. you won't retire with enough, yep. and that you won't and enough of a rate of return. Yep. To um to, to basically yeah. to, to you will outlive your money. Outlive your money. money yeah. yeah. So you, so so 
um, for most people, they would be run out of money somewhere in the, the 10th year of a 30-year retirement. That's right. In that example. So, yeah. so it's, it's, I, like, I like the way that you coin that and say you cannot get rid of risk. You can yeah. only shift risk yeah. across. So, um, um, yeah, let's talk more about market risk. In yes. I think this, this individually, is, <clears throat> the uh, thing and, about and how it ties into other the thing about market risk or volatility is that why I think it is such a big concern for people is because it's so tangible and so yes. visible. You know, like like we, when we spoke about purchasing power risk, and you know, we've talked about briefly longevity risk and other risks. They're kind of in the future, and you can't really see yeah. them. So when we say to someone, "Hey, in your first year of retirement, if you want to draw sixty thousand dollars a year." You know, by the time you by the time you expect it to pass away, you'll, you'll need to draw you know, one hundred fifty, two hundred thousand dollars a year to live the same lifestyle. Mm. Sort of like, well, that's in thirty years' time, yeah. and, and it's not a tangible thing that you experience day to day. Whereas, you know, it, during the recent volatility in, in uh, with coronavirus, you could see, and this is kind of what we what we heard all the time is, you know, people saying, "My super balance was at four hundred thousand." Now it's at two hundred and fifty thousand. Like that's very, very visible, very tangible. We can see it. You know, we can see the red ink when we turn on the news, and there's a big downwards red line. These sorts of things. So it becomes very front of mind. I think that's why this is this is a risk that is. This is essentially what people talk about when they when they often talk about risk is that is this one, and that, and that's why it, it is completely. It's definitely the most visible and the most most tangible risk of all of your different risks in retirement. It's a good point to make because, um, yeah, with uh, just recently in 2020, of course, with the with um, coronavirus coming on in February of this year, between February, mid February and mid March, yeah. um, the the prices of the the great companies of Australia and the great companies of around the world dropped on average by 37 percent yeah. over that over that short term period of time. Now. I think people can people can um, generally understand the concept that that these things recover yeah. over time, but when they're experiencing it right then thing. and there, and you're yeah. right, they've seen four hundred thousand dollars. Yeah, they've logged in again. They've seen three hundred and fifty thousand dollars. They've logged in again a month later. They've seen two hundred and fifty thousand dollars. <laughs> That's right. Um, what What's happened is that. I think people extrapolate in that situation and yeah. they say, if this continues on, I'll be left with nothing. I'll be left with nothing. Yep. Um, we, we know that things can't go to zero just as you're... So if you're selling your house... Well, that's, that's exactly what you, you, you can understand that. that it cannot go to zero because as the price drops, you, you list it for yeah. you know, $800,000. No one is interested. You drop the price to $770,000. No one's interested. You drop it to $750,000. It'll only get to a certain point in time yeah, before someone's interested and they'll snap it, it up. Yeah. Same thing with the great companies of Australia and the world. Um, they cannot inherently go to zero dollars because yeah. they are worth something and, yeah. and someone will snap them up and buy them That's at some point in time. No yeah. one actually knows when that point in time was. Yeah. Yeah. Um, looking back to March, sorry, February and March, we can put our finger on when that was, yeah. and it was around mid-March yeah. when the prices of the great companies of Australia and the world had dropped by 37%. Yeah. And then buyers started coming in yeah. and, and snapping up yeah. and, and buying those 
great companies yeah. and we saw the prices started to recover at and that point in time. So that's that's really interesting to, um, I guess the comparison property versus versus companies makes it, uh, is, is a good um, good way to think about this for people because people can understand that their, their house, for example, or their investment property, they understand that there is some risk involved in that. Property prices do fluctuate mm. up and down. But I think people approach it with a very different mindset, which is um, two things. Number one, number one is they can't see the price every day. And yeah. we've talked about this before where if someone came and stood on your front lawn every day and said, hey, your house was worth 500, now it's worth 480. Mm-hmm. And then the next day they said, oh, it's only worth 450 now. Mm-hmm. And then they came three months later and said, hey, good news, it's 520 now. You, you actually wouldn't, you'd just be going, get off my lawn, you idiot. So I don't care what the price is every yeah. day because it doesn't, doesn't impact me. I'm not looking to sell, and that's that's something that people can intuitively understand with property. Where they go, mm. I have this house. I've bought this house for a reason. It's for the long term. Mm. This is either where I'm going to, you know, I want, I want to live in this for the next thirty years, or I want to rent it out for the next thirty years, or whatever it is. They don't care what that price is day to day. No. And secondly, they don't they don't know. They can't see it. It's not it's not visible. So that's the big difference between that is you know. The example there of if you've got someone with a, a 55-year-old with, with super of 400 or 500,000 and it dropped in, um, in the middle of, of coronavirus in that, when it dropped from 400 to 250,000, people don't approach that with the same attitude of, I don't want to, I'm, I'm not looking to sell right now. They don't think, no. I've got, I'm not retiring for 10 years and, and, you know, I've got 10 years to go into retirement and I want to be retired for 30 years. So... Hmm. None of this money, I, I really don't need any of it for 10 years and it needs to be around in 30, 40 years' time. We, we intuitively understand that with property, but with, with companies, with shares, it seems to be, because it's right in front of us all the time, we don't take it into account in the same way. It's a strange one for me because, f- for me, the only asset that people panic out of yeah. when it drops yeah. is um, shares in companies. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know why that is. Yeah. I think I think because it's quite intangible. Yes. So if you're invested yeah. into a group of companies, yeah. you can't really see it yes. every day. I mean, if you if you if you took the concept that um, uh, as you go through your day, yeah. if you if you invested across yeah. a broad group of companies like the top two hundred companies in Australia, you're actually you're actually experiencing yeah, every, those every transaction, every, every single day, transaction, every single day. Going, there's profit going to some of those companies that you own. Yeah. People don't tend to think of it like that. Yeah. They can look at a house and yeah. and like you said before, four hundred thousand dollars can drop to two hundred and fifty thousand dollars. Someone could actually say yeah. to them, I'll offer you two hundred and fifty thousand dollars for a four hundred thousand yeah. dollar house. And and like you like you said, you would almost chase them off the front yeah. lawn. <laughs> and say well, say well, that, how dare you yeah. uh, try and try and try and buy this off of me. But but the same sort of thing. So someone's superannuation balance drops temporarily from four hundred thousand dollars to two hundred fifty thousand dollars. Yeah. All that's actually happening yeah. is that that's that people around the world are offering two hundred and fifty thousand dollars to buy yeah. what's really was recently valued at four hundred thousand dollars. Yep. And you would think that logically people never ever sell yeah. at that point in time, but they do. Yeah. They do. Well, um, they, they panic. They panic out and they sell at that point in time. Well, here's, here's another to use your example there. If you've got you know, two households living next door to each other and, and they both buy the house for $400,000 and and they've both got superannuation balances of $400,000 which are invested in, in yep. companies. Now, if one of those, ha- something happens like coronavirus, the $400,000 balance 
of your super drops from 400 to 250. At the same time, assuming the house dropped from 400 to 250. Now, the next door neighbour, if that house goes on the market at 250,000, the, the next door neighbour doesn't go, geez, my house has dropped from 400 to 250. They go, geez, I, I might buy that. Might they buy they it, would yeah. actually be on the phone to their to their bank trying to, can I, can I get yeah. finance to go and buy that? That's such a good deal. Like I know, I know this is a, you know, this is a great buy. I recently purchased 400. If I can get this for 250, that's a steal. Like that's, mm. that's what I want to do. That attitude is, and, and we know that, that that is what people would, would genuinely do is to look at that and go, that's such a good sale. Like I can buy that on sale. Now, if the same thing happens with their super balance, they don't go, this person's super balance has dropped from 400 to 250,000. They're now panicking and want to sell. The, the next door neighbor wouldn't go, geez, that's a steal. I, I wish I had, I wish I could get some cash to, to go and buy their super balance off of yes. 250,000. What actually tends to happen is they log into their, they log into their online login for their super mm-hmm. and they, and they watch the news and they go, my $400,000 in super has dropped to 250. Maybe I should panic and sell as well. Yeah. And that's what you, what you touched on there is that this market risk volatility affects every different asset. It just seems to be something about companies that that's, people don't see it as a sale. They don't see it as an opportunity. They see it as, as a, you know, a massive risk to them. And I think there's another thing there as well. People have also said to me, I've heard this over many, many years, um, in this exact phrase, yeah. what if we get out now, get back in later when things settle down? Yeah. And what I think people think they can do mm. is they can pause yeah. the um, the pain yes. yeah, yeah. by getting out. Yeah. So they say, so, yeah, um, market falls by thirty seven percent. Yeah, they say we'll get out, we'll go into cash. Yeah, which they do. So four hundred thousand dollars drops to two hundred fifty thousand dollars. They sell out at two hundred fifty thousand yeah. dollars. And what they do is they wait until the price has things have settled down. Yeah. Yep. And um, what that usually means is that the price, which dropped from a dollar to sixty-three cents, dropped yeah. by thirty-seven percent. They sold at sixty-three cents in the dollar, yeah. and they bought back in at a dollar in yeah. the dollar. Yeah. Now um, they haven't realised that because because yeah, the number in their super fund the number is the same. super fund has stayed the same. Yeah. It's dropped it from four hundred to two hundred and fifty thousand dollars. They've got their head around two hundred and fifty thousand dollars. Yeah. When they get back in, they haven't realised that what they've actually been doing is yeah. they've sold out at sixty three cents in the dollar. They've bought back in at a dollar yeah. in the dollar. Yeah. Um, and we've spoken about this before. They would become acutely aware yeah. if aware if they sold a four hundred thousand dollar house for two hundred and fifty thousand dollars, put that money in the bank, yeah. waited till the house went back to four hundred thousand dollars and bought it back. They yeah. would become acutely aware because they would be Left forced to borrow one hundred fifty thousand dollars yeah. to do so. Yeah. Um, whereas inside your superannuation fund, you d- it, that's not the equation. Yeah. Uh, but it's, yeah. it's it's just as real. It's yeah. just as real. Um, and, and this is what I was going to say. You know. For for people who are who want to want to hear us bang on more about this, there's there's essentially two months of our podcast over throughout yeah. throughout March throughout February March April essentially while there was a lot of volatility going on, we we were doing you know three podcasts a week talking primarily about this about market risk about volatility and yeah. and it's one of those things where you go it is a the big thing for me is it, it's a naturally occurring thing. It's just how you, it's the story you tell yourself about that and it's, it's getting your head around what is actually happening, the reality of what this means and, and how you should and shouldn't behave in response to it. That's the most important thing. There is no, as you just said there, 
There's no way to avoid it other than to say, I'm just going to park all my money in cash forever, in which case I'm probably going to run out in retirement. You cannot avoid this. You cannot get rid of market risk. No. You just have to have a very clear understanding of what it is, what it actually means, and what you should be doing in response to it. Yeah, and look, um, some of the things that we advocate certainly are um, are talking about when, not if. So we often hear if If the markets drop away. Yeah. um, There is absolutely 100% (laughs) chance that they are going to drop away at some stage. So we're very careful to say when to our clients. So when the markets fall by 30% or more, here's what we're going to do. Yeah. Yep. Nothing. Yeah. It's going to be the plot for Jerry and George's pilot on NBC yeah. in Seinfeld. Yeah. The show's going to be about nothing. So yes. we're going to do nothing. We're going to keep our yeah. strategy going. Yeah. You're putting money into your super every fortnight. We're going to yeah. continue that. Yeah. Um, the other thing that we, we advocate doing as well is giving your superannuation a job description. Yes. And what I mean by that is... Um, yeah, you've got $400,000 in superannuation. The job of that over the next 10 years yes. is to, to get to $1.5 million for yeah. most people. Yeah. So, so okay, if I'm going to get there, part of that equation is that I need to bring in a little bit more market risk because I need to get a higher return mm. on my money. I need to work a little bit harder. Yeah. Now, when it drops from four hundred dollars to $250,000 then, um, I've still got the figure of $1.5 million in my head. That's I know right. that's the job of it. Yeah. Of that, of that superannuation balance. I think when people don't have a job description for their yeah. superannuation, yeah. they just see 400 yeah. drop to 250 and they, and they go, oh, what am I, what am I doing? What's the point I mean, of this? This seems like lunacy yes. to stay in here right now. Uh, I'm going to get out of this pain. I'm going to. That's, that's a, a really good point is, and, and what you, uh, I guess a part of the planning of this is, as we just said, we know this is going to happen. We know this, this risk is going to manifest itself at some mm. stage in the next, in the last 10 years of your working life and in the 30 years of retirement. You're going to see a 30% drop, you know, mm. probably five times. Like mm. that's, that's very common. Um, it's, we know it's going to be a matter of when, not if. Now, I guess what, what people are most concerned about is that, I think there's, there's two parts there is that number one, as you just said, they don't necessarily have a very clear idea of what that money's for. And so that's the first step is to get a very clear plan in place of what am I actually trying to achieve with this money? And that's, to use your example, you might have $400,000 in super that you go, the job of that money is to grow as much as possible. Now you might also have ten dollars or $20,000 in, in an online savings account that you've, that's your security blanket. That's your, that's your you feel like, I need access to that in an emergency. I can go and get my hands on that $20,000 if something happens and we need to top up our income for a period of time. I know I can get that. So no one's saying that every dollar needs to be exposed to market risk or to volatility. Mm. It's just that you have to have a very clear picture of what's the job of this bucket of money, what's the job of this other bucket of money. Mm. And and that's I think it's simpler when people are working because, as you said, you've got 10 years of work to go. You know that there's not much of that money that really needs to be uh, that needs to be used as a security blanket because you, you, your income is your security blanket. That's what you're going to be living on is your is your earned income. Now, when you get into retirement or, or very close to retirement, that's that's a part of the planning phase of this as well. Is to is to go that we know that this is going to happen. Any any plan that relies on you drawing an income out of your super fund every month for thirty years of retirement and and I will it'll never drop. That, that's a plan that doesn't make any sense. You have to be planning for this as to what are we actually going to do when I'm retired, when I am living on my, on my super or on, on a super income stream, 
and the balance drops, what do I do in that situation? Mm. So that's, I guess, the two parts of it is that it's, it's, the, same, it's the same sort of plan, if that makes sense. When, when you're leading up to retirement and when you're in retirement, it's the same concept, which is, I know this is going to happen. What am I going to do when, when markets drop? While you're still working, as you just said, the main thing you do is, is nothing. Keep sticking to the plan. Keep putting money into your super. Keep doing all those sorts of things. Mm. When you're retired, you, you do need to have a bit of a plan for what is going to happen there. But it's, it's I think, um, to me, the, the big one is that this risk needs to fit into the plan. This risk can't drive the plan. Your plan can't consist of how do I get rid of volatility because that's, that's not a plan. That's just a reaction to something that hurts. Yes. Yeah, look, I think um, probably a good place to wrap up yeah. And we'll be doing more of these yeah, so. on on the different types of risk. And I guess as we progress, yeah. it becomes easier than to tie up. That's exactly like, right. Um, yeah, yeah. At the moment, though, we've only done a couple. Yeah. So. Yeah. But I think it's a good, um, to me, the example of this where even the fact that we've done purchasing power risk first and mm. then market risk, it gives us a bit of, a, as, as you said there, a framework to go. Otherwise, I just sound like a lunatic where I'm saying yeah. you have to take on some market risk. People will be thinking, why, why would yeah, I do why? that? Yeah, we're not doing it. We're not doing it because it's fun. It's not. It's not a good time to watch your super balance drop by thirty percent. It's just that that risk has to tie into a part of that, and and it ties directly into that purchasing power risk. So I encourage you, if you haven't listened to the purchasing power risk podcast, uh, jump back in and, and and do that. And if you want to know more about how we think, particularly about the this this risk, this market risk, we've talked in great detail in. February, March, April, all throughout those months around. And that's, I think, a, a good one because it's a, it's a point in time where we, we didn't know at that point in time where we would be in September. Mm. And so you can go back to that and that's a reference for the conversations that we were having around that, the way we think about it. We, we didn't know what the end result was going to be in September, but we still felt the same way then as what we do now. Yeah, that's right. We had a very consistent approach. Yeah. So... Um, so, that, yeah, like I said, good place to wrap up. We'll work through some more of these. Um, if anyone has any other questions or queries or anything that they would like explained further about any of these risks as we go through, feel free to get in touch with us at podcast at mo50.com.au or if you'd like to um, book a meeting with us to talk about how to tie all these different risks into, into a plan for your retirement, again, podcast at mo50.com.au. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to the Money Over 50 podcast with Lighthouse Financial Advisors. We look forward to catching up again soon.